0: Welcome, you guys. My name is Matt Moberg. Thanks for being with us tonight. Um, It is my honor to introduce our guest speaker for the evening. When we first sat down to get a lay of the land for the series, Bear Fruit, and we looked at um, each of the different fruits, and we got to this one tonight, which is on goodness. As you would imagine, everyone said, Well, Matt, that's a perfect one for you to speak on, because you're just so good, you know? Like, you said that, and it was in the air. But I said, You guys, no. No, 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 not this time, because there's one person in Minneapolis who came to mind when we came across this fruit goodness, and that is Reverend Dwayne Davis. This man is, uh, he was the leader of the Poor People's Campaign, the prophetic movement that swept across the country last spring. He is the senior pastor of All God's Children Metropolitan Church, and above and beyond all else, he is a very good man. And if you have any time with him, should you be so fortunate, you'll find that out really quickly. So will you give a real warm welcome to my friend, our city's leader, Reverend Dwayne Davis.
1: I'm going to say it again. I'm going to really pray for Matt (laughs) (laughs) so that I want God to forgive him for saying those things because I don't recognize it I thank you thank you so much I give honor to God for being here I give honor to Pastor Matt uh, for thinking of me and inviting me and to Pastor Debbie for welcoming me so uh, graciously Uh, I just want to take just a point of privilege to to talk about um, uh, your pastor when you get uh, a call or uh, an a email for someone that says, hey, can we get a cup of coffee? I want to talk. Um, my experience is you gird yourself because you have no idea what it is, but I am also a glutton for punishment. So I said, well, I don't know who it is. I will sit down. Uh, and that first meeting, uh, I knew that... Uh, he was going to be my brother but it wasn't until the Poor People's Campaign. uh, uh, When I saw Pastor Matt's courage, uh, and I'm going to be honest with you, I was, when I saw that he was going to put himself at risk, at risk for arrest, I was so jealous. I want, but uh, none of the organizers of the campaign could uh, get arrested, so he beat me <laughs> to that, but i my esteem for him grew uh, grew so much after seeing him step forward uh, and live out his convictions and help us in that campaign i 'm going to get to it i got to get out of your way um, uh, Just some disclaimers, and then you can, you can, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very honored that you would give me this opportunity, but that opportunity, you sometimes have no idea if you honor the opportunity. So if I say something you don't like, the good thing is I get to get in my car and leave. (laughs) So please do show Matt some grace if I say something that absolutely you want to punish someone for. Uh, the second thing is, uh, I really do, I, I, you know, please beware of any preacher who says, I'm going to, I'm not going to be before you long. Uh, I'm honestly going to try not to be before you long. But again, if I go too long, I get to leave here and Matt gets in trouble. But please be gracious to him uh, in, in anything that I might do. Uh, I will try to honor the the role that he has given me uh, in this um, I want to go back to that uh, just before we we get into this. I just want to, uh, for my own sake and for your own sake, uh, to uh, go to the the text that gives you your theme. Uh, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another envying one another. Um, happy Father's Day. I want to get that out too. And I also want to thank uh, Kareem Murphy for being here. Kareem Murphy uh, is my partner for 27 years. Uh, and I am actually surprised to see him here. I didn't quite hear him say he would be here, but uh, I am so glad that he... Will you pray with me? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Not me, not me, but you. O God, come forth, bear witness to your people who are seeking, who are looking, who are asking questions. Not me, but you. Reveal yourself that they might hear and be transformed in the hearing. In your many names we pray, amen. Like many kids growing up in the late 1970s and early 1980s, I loved Star Wars. I remember the first time I saw it, and I remember the first time them talking about the Force. And I went around the neighborhood saying, may the Force be with you. And I kept saying it. And all I knew is in those movies that the force was, it had something to do about being good. And it was good. And it countered everything that was bad. And so I was pleased to say, may the force be with you. And then I finally had to say, wait a minute. You're saying may the force be with you, but it's not clear what the force is. So I asked my older brother, and I need to be careful now when I ask my older brother anything, because sometimes he would lead you astray, (laughs) far astray. But I asked my brother, what is the force? And his answer reflected our context as church boys and sons of Pentecostal pastor. After I annoyed him about what is this force? He said, it's like the Holy Spirit. And while I will learn a little bit later more about the Holy Spirit, from an early age, I learned that the Holy Spirit was like the force in Star Wars. And it was about good. It had something to do with good or or doing good. And I held that in my mind even until this day. In 1910, Sister Mary Mercedes A Dominican nun and teacher in two convent schools in California published a small volume titled, A Book of Courtesy, The Art of Living with Yourself and Others. And in approximately 100 pages, Sister Mary sought to lay out for her readers and most likely for her students who were all girls, she sought out to Let them know what it means to be good and to live the good life. And for her, goodness was, and I'll quote her, goodness was, quote, the art of living with yourself and others. Keep in mind, Sister Mary says, keep in mind that every person on earth carries the spirit of God in his soul. The fruits of his presence are love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Now there is nothing unusual about a nun tending to the question of goodness and it was fitting that she would appeal to the Apostle Paul to reinforce the idea that God's spirit is the font of these fruits which, of course, included goodness. This nun stood in the long line of thinkers and scholars and theologians and philosophers tending to the practical questions and considerations of virtue and morality. But for those of us who are learners and followers of Jesus Christ, Sister Mary's witness raises the question, how does the Spirit of God work within us to bear fruit of goodness? When we think of the Spirit of God, when we embrace the Spirit of God, does does and how does the fruit of goodness become our focus? The promise of the Holy Spirit is that we would be empowered, that something, that force, would make us into something. The disciples were basking in the joy and awe of resurrection and wondering when Jesus would restore the kingdom to Israel when Jesus said to them, you shall receive power after the spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. And just as he had promised, When the day of Pentecost had come, the Spirit of God filled the room where they were and filled them. And then they ran out of that room and began to proclaim and testify and prophesy all about what God had done. But I noticed Luke, the writer of Acts, did not tell us if they were good or if the Spirit had made them do good. And as I begin to think about it, he didn't have to. The Spirit of God disrupt, disrupted the routine of a festival pilgrimage to fulfill the promise of power. Power to do what? Power to do what? To be good, perhaps? The Holy Spirit transformed these frightened followers of a crucified leader into an empowered community determined to bear witness to the work of God in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit compelled a people considered powerless and inconsequential to the empire to simply break out of a closed room and reach out to a diverse community hungry for good news. These same apostles sitting in that room praying until something happens, now display spirited lives, empowered and emboldened to be witnesses to the one who was crucified. And the question that arose in the minds of those who witnessed Holy Spirit-empowered people prophesying and witnessing was, what does this mean? By the way, it was the appropriate question. If you see scared people running out of a room speaking to people in different languages, I hope you will stop and ask, what does this mean? <laughs> but that was the question. What does it mean to be empowered by the Holy Spirit? And in his letter to the church in Galatia, Paul appears to be recentering that question in the minds of people Formed by the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to live by the Holy Spirit? And that Paul had to ask the question tells you that somebody forgot what it means to have the Holy Spirit. Somebody, church folk, forgot what it means to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Oh, Paul was was a little bit annoyed. You You could tell by the letter. You could tell that obviously something was amiss. And so Paul revisits the question, what does it mean to be empowered by the Holy Spirit? He has to revisit that question because people started listening to What Paul said was false teaching. Now, I I tend to be nervous when I start calling someone else teaching false. Paul is not not so sanguine. But Paul is nervous. And obviously he wants to get it clear. But they've been influenced by what he calls a false teaching. And the false teaching is that if they strive hard enough, They strive hard enough to abide by the rules and requirements. If they try hard enough to to do some of these technical things that make people good, if they they start looking at the philosophers and the other uh, other religious folk about what it means to be good, that perhaps, perhaps they can be good. But this 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 is a false teaching, says Paul. You don't have to learn how to be good. When the Holy Spirit blew through that room, the Spirit of God was landing right on you. And if the Spirit of God doesn't make you do good, then I don't know what spirit you had. You don't learn how to be good. The Spirit makes you good. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble, Matt, I am. They were running the risk of looking, see, if you, if you think it's something that you can do, if you think that your credit card can purchase it, if you think that somehow you can transactionally get it, then somehow the spirit doesn't empower you. Oh, uh, I, you know what I'm talking about. If I meet so-and-so, maybe, just maybe, I can get what it is that I need. No, says Paul. If you are trying to learn how to be good, you run the risk of looking not to faith in God, not to the work of the Spirit, but to your own effort. In a word, you're trying to be God. You're trying to tell the world that goodness arises out of who I am, not of what God out of what God has done. Oh, I'm good because I said I'm good. I'm good because I tweeted that nice thing that shows you that I'm good. Oh, I'm good because I put that meme up there that says you're sweet and so now I'm good. Oh, I'm good because I didn't I didn't I didn't gossip about you yesterday. Oh, I'm so good. See how good I am? You see, this teaching appeared to be moving the people away from the meaning of God's spirit in their lives. So Paul wrote to the saints, you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity. And I don't like that word, the the, the Greek there is, do not use your freedom as a pretext for self-indulgence. Stop making yourself your own God. Stop making yourself the center of goodness. The Holy Spirit is a call to freedom. The Spirit of God moving in and through Christ, in and through God's people by the name of Christ is a call to freedom. Freedom from a transactional God. Freedom from the lesser gods we construct that sooner or later that cannot satisfy. Freedom to trust God's promise to fall on all flesh. But haven't you noticed for what our freedom has been used? Have we, the people of God, used our freedom for good or doing good? Or have we used our freedom to live as though I am good and there is no end to how much I can consume and how long I can extend my life because hey, I'm good. It is easy to reckon ourselves good. It's the, way, it's the all-purpose justification. I'm sorry, but I'm a good person. Good and doing good. Have we convinced ourselves that goodness is a quality to be exhibited in our social media posts than rather than being exhibited by serving our neighbor? In a world with so much freedom and so much choice, good and doing good can be one among many options for living. But how do we make it not one among many options, but we make it the very air we breathe? For Paul's hearers being compelled by law to bear the fruit of the Spirit must seem so much easier than discerning the movement of God and submitting to its promptings. Isn't it easier to say, tell me how to be good than to appeal to the Spirit to be good? We want the Spirit to tell us what to do. We want the the Spirit to make the choice for us. But how about discerning? Oh, it must be much easier to have an authority or an institution legislate what good and doing good means rather than being open to the spirit that might just fall on flesh that you don't want to talk to. The Holy Spirit may just fall on flesh that you don't want to be friends with. And the Holy Spirit may just fall on your flesh so that you might reach out to someone you just may not want to reach out to. Isn't it much easier if someone regulated who we talk to? That we are not moved by the Spirit to go to places we shouldn't go. Oh, yeah, that's it. That Spirit is going to take me somewhere I don't want to go. I could have been at home, but the Spirit made me go out here and do good. Isn't it much easier to find some rule or some rule book to make us good? Those first saints bore witness to us that being empowered, and transformed by the Holy Spirit prompts us to goodness and doing good. That as Jesus told his disciples in his sermon on the plain about the tree and its fruit, the good person out of the good treasure of the heart produces good. There is something about the Holy Spirit that reckons us to good and righteousness. And so if we live by the Spirit, If we walk in the Spirit, if we are guided by the Spirit, all the fruit will come forth. The abundance will overflow. So you say, preacher, what does it mean then to have the Holy Spirit? Oh, she always seems so nebulous and uncontrollable. Maybe that's by design. What is our our excuse that the goodness prompted by the Holy Spirit is not always born in our midst? What does it say? The late Peter Gomes, who served as minister of the Harvard Memorial Church, once said, the good person is one who is good at being a person, doing what is most good, most noble, most pleasant, The characteristic activity of a human being is to be human excellently. Now, I'll admit to you, when I first read that, I'm like, what is he talking about? The good person is the one who's good at being a person. And I I kept going back to it over many years, and then it occurred to me. God's act of creation reveals that within us, is a pull back to God, a back to that which is good. And so when the Spirit of God is poured out on all flesh, isn't that a pulling and a beckoning us right back to the very source of goodness? So that when Pastor Gomes said that being good is possibly about just being the best person, doing what is most good, most normal, most pleasant, Being human excellently, how do we be human excellently? Isn't it something about God? When God created us, God declared the creation good. When God poured out the spirit on all flesh, God was declaring us good and promising to be present with us always. Therefore, we are empowered to goodness And we're empowered to doing good even when we resist it, even when we want to be selfish, even when we find it hard. Isn't it ironic that it is those who have rejected religion because they find religious folk hypocritical in one way or another, it is ironic that they are the ones who are able to point out our failure to be and do good. The criticism stings, of course, because we know what is good. And we know, in many cases, how to do good, but it eludes us far too often. I suspect that's the realization that prompted Paul to say in another letter For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. What about the Holy Spirit? Paul had to depend on the Holy Spirit, not Paul's own will to be good. Even today, the people who claim God, who bear the name Christian, who represent the religious, appear to place a higher priority on things other than goodness or doing good. Now, you're probably going to kick me out of here. In light of the hospitality, the inhospitality to the stranger on the nation's southern border and detaining families seeking safety and asylum, there has not been much talk about good and doing good. In light of the desperate poverty that surrounds us and a depleted social safety net, ideological posturing by religious folk crowd out any serious consideration of good and doing good? When was the last time you heard someone talking about good and doing good? In light of a criminal justice system that evinces very little justice but remains punitive and criminally oppressive, the faithful appear unable to bear witness to the Spirit's call to goodness And doing good. But oh, the Holy Spirit is a reminder that we were formed, formed to be the people of God. It was not our own doing. Oh, I know, We we are so educated and so wealthy and so enlightened, but the Spirit does it. The Spirit is the one that beckons us to form. The Spirit is what formed this place. It was not Matt. It was not Debbie. It's not you. The Spirit formed this. You are in the middle of something that the Holy Spirit has done. It is not your doing. And if the Holy Spirit was so pleased to create this and all this and form you in this way, why not rely on her? For goodness. Why not give yourself over to her? Give yourself over to. The spirit, Paul reminded the church in Galatia that the spirit is a reminder to do what is good. If these reminders don't have a familiar ring, perhaps prophet Michael can spur reliance on the power of the Holy Spirit to move us to the good and doing good. Oh, some people say, well, what what do you mean doing good? Micah said, oh, God has told you. God has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? Sister Mary Mercedes in her book about doing good in 1910, we don't have Sister Mary's book because she referenced the power of the Holy Spirit to help us bear the fruit of the Spirit. We have today in periodic reprintings of her book because it has stood the test of time, intentionally or not, for people with the human conceit that we can will ourselves to do good, that we can will ourselves to goodness. And so she's like the mismanners of doing good Shows you everything to do. I wish, however, that Sister Mary's proclamation of the Holy Spirit is why we have her book. Perhaps, perhaps, someday it can be so that we will refer to her ministry. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit's community-forming power that created this worship space and these people in worship by the power of the Holy Spirit we can bear the fruit of goodness not will it not buy it not trade for it but live it may it be so amen
2: Thank you, Dwayne. It seems to be a reminder that we need over and over again that we live by the Spirit. Even as you were talking about the table community, and I was thinking back to that, it was definitely a call by the Spirit, but how easily we get caught into what we need to do or what we do do. And it's always about what God does through us. But it's a reminder that we need over and over again reminder that we are to live by the Spirit. The reminder that God's Spirit is in each and every one of us. And this sweet story about the force being with you I think <laughs> is actually a powerful, wonderful story because isn't that true? If we lived like that, like the force was with us.
1: yes.
2: Imagine the good that God would do through us. So thank you for that. Thank you. But one of the ways that we experience the spirit each Sunday night is when we gather in this room and we take the, from the bread, take the bread and dip it into the cup. Because it is a moment that we're reminded not only does the spirit live in us, but we're reminded of a God who came to earth in the person of Jesus and ministered and loved and taught us what it meant to be kingdom people. Mm-hmm. And before he died on that cross, he promised us that Holy Spirit. He promised that the Spirit would be with us always. And so when we come forward and we take the bread and dip it into the cup, we remember that. We remember a God that loves and loves like that and calls us to love like that with the Spirit working through us. On the night before Jesus died... He sat at a table with his community, with his friends, and he broke bread. And after giving thanks to God, he said, this is my body, broken for you. When you eat this, remember me. And he took the cup, and he poured wine into the cup, and he said, this is my blood shed for you, the new covenant. The covenant that's for everybody. When you drink from this cup, remember me. And so that's what we do. We eat the bread and we drink from the cup and we remember Jesus and we remember that the Spirit is alive and moving and that we are people who live by the Spirit. That's an amazing thing. We invite you to come forward during the music as you'd like. And on the right side is the regular bread. And on the left side is the gluten-free elements, and you can take the bread and dip it into the cup. So with that, together as one, please stand as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil thine is the kingdom